everyone. Welcome to Can You Dig It, a podcast on the Silver Screen and Roll Network. I am not Christian, as you can probably tell. Uh, for those of you that listened last week, he mentioned at the end of the pod, today is his birthday, so be sure. I know it'll be a day late, but be sure to go wish him a happy birthday on Twitter today. But uh, I banned him from coming on the podcast today. He was at... Uh, he posted something Star Wars related on Instagram. Um, he was at some Star Wars thing. Is it like Disney World have a Star Wars display or something? Um, whatever it was, he was he was having a good time today. So uh, instead, with me today, I brought someone across enemy lines. Uh, Clippers fan. Uh, one of the few who can claim, lay claim to being a fan before July, whatever it was, 5th, uh, Justin Russo. Justin, how you doing tonight? I'm holding up very well. How are you doing? Well, uh, I just watched the Galaxy clinch a playoff spot. Hey. And I randomly found a $25 gift card to Nike in my wallet today, so. Oh, this is your, this might be your birthday. Uh, I always kind of mocked people because I was like, people would be like, oh, I just found 20 bucks in my wallet, or oh, I just found this and that. I'm like, I'm, I always keep track of my money. What are you talking about? Right. And then today I just randomly, I was switching out my old wallet for a new one, and I pull that out, and I was like, wait a second. Does this actually have money on it? And lo and behold, I did some shopping this morning <laughs> to, uh, to buy some stuff from Nike. So it's been a great day. Um was the 25 bucks good enough for a pair of socks? No, it was good enough for a t-shirt and I had to pay $3. <laughs> the $3 extra. Um, most importantly is that we are less than a week from basketball being back in our lives. This has, I don't know about you, but this has felt like the longest off season ever. It's felt like it, yeah. It's like every day has felt like a week. It probably is... Largely because of the fact that both of our teams, well, the Lakers went through kind of an entire roster makeover. You guys didn't entirely make over your roster, but you brought in two of the top, you know, ten players in the in the league. Um, we will talk plenty about Lakers and Clippers. We have kind of a fun topic uh, for the second half of the show. First half of the show, they're really not surprisingly, isn't really any Lakers news. Um, yesterday, Alex and Alex talked about Kyle Kuzma's injury, um, whether that, or it's an ankle injury that will probably keep him out of the start of training camp. Um, they did a lot, or they talked about that. We don't want to give you the same show two days in a row. There were a couple comments we can talk about a little bit, um, that really kind of apply to both the Lakers and Clippers. Um, the first one, Mike Trudell had a uh, sit-down interview with uh, Frank Vogel, and they covered a whole lot of things. I'm sure a lot of you have read it at this point. But one thing in particular I thought we could discuss was load management, because both the Clippers and the Lakers are probably going to do a lot of that this year. Um, so for context... Uh, Mike Trudell asked about load management and how it gained steam last season. 
Um, he used Kawhi Leonard as the example, um, although he was probably the the kind of the far. Um, He's the extreme case. Yes, extreme was the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um, he was the extreme case of that. But basically, he asked, "Have they gone? Have we gone too far with player rest?" And his quote was, "To me, it's more of a case by case basis." I understand why they had the that approach with Kawhi and the benefits they received from it. It doesn't mean player X on a lottery team should be sitting out when healthy, or player X on a top team should be sitting out a healthy guy a random game in December. You have to follow the recommendation of your medical team. That's what it comes down to, and what they decide, you roll with it. Um, I'll start off first. I think that there was some there was some stuff recently about kind of load management with the Clippers. So I'll start off first. Do you think that it's kind of gone, load management has gone too far, as as Trudell kind of hinted at a bit in his question? I don't know if it's gone too far. I just think it's become more of a talking point. Like every team that has quote-unquote championship aspirations, uh, it's about, like, it sounds really weird to say because it's called load management, but it really is about managing the uh, the workload for your superstars throughout the season, because 82 games is a very long season. It lasts six months. There's a lot of travel. Uh, while they've done a great job so far of reducing the average amount of back-to-backs, there are still back-to-backs. There's still uh, lengthy road trips for some teams. Uh, at the end of the day, finding rest in the margins for superstars, I don't think can ever go too far. Like, because your goal is to win a title, and guys who are healthier and have more rest are more likely to probably play better in bigger games than guys who've just been on a grind for a while. I do agree. There's a couple things that it's going to make this season interesting. I think a lot of times last year, the Raptors could afford to sit out Kawhi so much because the East was bad, to kind of put it bluntly. Yeah, like after the top three or four, yeah. And, but also, they set him out for some big games um, against the Warriors. I know they did. I think against the Lakers, maybe, when they came to L.A., they sat him out. Um, he sat out both uh, Clipper games. Yeah, so they were definitely extra cautious about him last season. And, I mean, you can't fault them because he was – Unreal in the playoffs, and they won a title. Um, but I think that kind of set that extreme case. I also think one of the other extremes, I would have to look. The Warriors have been the other team that did it a lot in recent years. They also probably have the greatest, had the greatest five-man lineup in NBA history. <laughs> like four, yeah. at least four Hall of Famers, maybe five Hall of Famers. Um, they, Kind of had the luxury to do that. Uh, neither of those situations exists this year. So the West is significantly tougher, just spread out. Um, it's not as top-heavy, but really there's about 12 teams, I think you could almost make an argument for, that could be playoff teams. Do you think we'll see as much load management this season? I don't believe so. Because, especially as you alluded to in the West, and I do agree, there are probably 12 teams that can make the playoffs. I think in the West, resting a guy who could play 
in a pivotal Western Conference game in December is going to carry more weight this year than probably uh, like it would have last year or anything like that. I don't like seeding is going to be so important for so many of these teams. So like in the Clippers case, uh, when they get to December and, you know, Kawhi has been playing, let's just say, you know, he's played 85% of the games at that point. Like, I don't think they're going to be more inclined to rest him than they would if the West wasn't as daunting this year as it appears to be. Like there are so many teams out there that like, for instance, like the one case I go to is the Rockets. Like, the Rockets should load manage James Harden a little bit to keep him fresh for the playoffs, but they're not going to, and that team's going to bring it every night with him and Westbrook. And it's like, I don't know if it's going to wear them down, and maybe it'll help them to rest one or both for, like, certain games in December or January. But the risk of doing that is you're going to be missing out on probably a playoff matchup you would prefer or, you know, home court for a certain round. I don't think we're going to see it as much this year unless the standings start to, like, stretch out and there's a little, like, wiggle room for teams. They're like, okay, you know what? It's February 23rd. We can rest a guy today. Like, that might be the case when we start seeing it towards the end of the regular season, guys actually getting more and more rest. Yeah, it's actually something I hadn't thought of. But, yeah, I would be very surprised early in the year if there's much – Load management, much star players sitting out. I mean, honestly, in the West this year, I would say the really the only kind of gimme game is going to be against the Suns. Um, and the Suns even improve, so I don't like it's going to be it's going to be in, not a, as tough as other guys or other teams, but they're still an NBA team. Those nights for Western Conference teams, when the Knicks or the Cavs, um, maybe <laughs> the Hawks, Charlotte, definitely when they come to the West Coast. Um, you gotta win those games. Yeah, but also I would be surprised, I would not be surprised if those were the games where you get load management. Um, Charlotte comes to play the Clippers at Staples Center like the third or fourth game of the year, and I've already kind of started looking at that like, okay, if Paul George isn't back by then, I could see them also resting Kawhi for that night. And they'd still be a better team than Charlotte. Yeah, like you can get away with it. Because their next game after that's at Utah. Why not get them an extra couple days? Yeah, the Lakers play them the their third game of the year, the night prior. I would oh, Lord, not be... Yeah, I would not be surprised if uh, LeBron rested that game. I, I, I actually probably take that back. That early in the year, you're probably not going to rest somebody. You probably won't, but if there's a team you can do it against. Yeah. Um, which I think Charlotte will probably be the worst team. Maybe the Knicks. Um, I, I think Charlotte's probably the worst team. I don't think you're wrong with Charlotte doing it. But They're bad. <laughs> like, Charlotte hosts the Lakers on March, March 21st. I would not be surprised if LeBron set out that game. Um that's the type of game you should be able to have Anthony Davis and the pieces around him and win that game. So it's funny you mention that because the Clippers go to Charlotte March 28th, and it's the second night of a back-to-back after being in Detroit. That could be a game where they just rest Kawhi or Paul George or both again, and then just go like, you know what? It's not that important. Like, we can just get this done with these guys. Yeah, you're gonna, there's going to be – it's going to have to be the right situation that you're going to have to kind of earmark um, – for these guys to sit out. But I, I definitely think, yeah, that Charlotte game on the road will be the first 
night of a back-to-back on the start of a six-game road trip um, for the Lakers. So I would not be surprised if uh, one of them sat out. And the same thing with that Knicks game. It's the first night of a back-to-back on the road. Um, I'd be surprised if LeBron sat out at Madison Square Garden, though. That's, um, that's one of the few places guys don't want to miss out on. Yeah, and the... It'd be, it's going to be kind of weird, too, because I'd be surprised if LeBron sat, sat out at Cleveland, even though it's in the middle of that same road trip at, uh, for the Hornets. Um, I'm not, I didn't even, I'm, I not, didn't I'm not really... I'd be surprised a bit if Anthony Davis sat out. Um, that Cleveland game might be one that you could sit him out um, and have LeBron play instead. Um... But really, I mean, it's only going to be a handful of teams um, that you can really afford to sit guys out. The Lakers play Phoenix at Phoenix the last game of the year on the second night of a back-to-back. <laughs> uh, LeBron ain't playing that game. I'm telling you right now. Um, yeah, Devin Booker's probably not playing that game either. Yeah, the, the Suns will be tanking um, to the number one pick with, Lord knows who who's on the court, but I'd be stunned if LeBron played that game. Um, I mean, you mentioned Kawhi. Just last thing on this topic, how many games would you say Kawhi plays this year? Oh yeah, so this has been like a topic of conversation uh, among like Clippers writers and on Twitter. Uh, Yovan Boo of the Ath- <clears throat> of the Athletic has actually sat down or talked to Lawrence Frank and Doc Rivers at a lunch last week, and. If people remember, in the press conference to introduce Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, uh, Kawhi had kind of talked about how he's not going to load manage as much this year as he did last year. And Doc alluded to in the lunch thing with Jovan where he said, you know, if you really think about it, for Kawhi, that was his first time playing in really two years. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of had to get back up to speed and yada, yada, yada. And Doc has said health is their most important factor. And that the depth of the team should help keep them healthy, but you know, load management has never been a problem for them. And Doc's big mantra has always been, I don't care about seeding, I just want guys healthy. And so, if you ask me to put a game amount on it, I've kind of felt okay at 70. I think he's gonna get to 70. Or at maybe 66, 67. Like, that would I, I, that's what, outside of a major injury actually occurring to him, that's what I think the low end is. I think he's going to go from about 66 to 72 or thereabouts. I would say I would put LeBron at probably, I think, 75. And then Anthony Davis at probably 77, 78. I think LeBron's going to sit out a couple more games than AD will. I mean, he is LeBron is almost 10 years older. Um, uh, yeah, it's crazy how long that man is dominating the NBA. Yeah, but as we said, there's going to be specific games. Washington's another game. Yeah. The, the Lakers play at Charlotte, at Detroit, at Toronto, at Cleveland, at Washington, at Minnesota. There's like four games in there that I could see them holding <laughs> out LeBron. Um, Toronto very that's in that's at the end of March. Like Toronto very easily, depending on what they do. Could be a tanking team by then. Detroit is always a mess, but Charlotte's awful. Cleveland, 
like we said, they're not going to sit out LeBron, but AD very well could. Washington's going to be awful. Um, the Lakers, kind of in that regard, have a couple of favorable games. They have Chicago at home um, in early April. OKC at home, again, depending on what OKC does, um, they may be able to afford to rest guys there. That's such an interesting team, by the way, OKC. Yeah, I have no idea. No, yeah. <laughs> no idea what they're going to do. Like, I was talking about it today uh, with someone. It was like, I I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs. I don't think they will, but I don't. I wouldn't be stunned if they did, and I wouldn't be stunned if they won, like, 29 games. If they have Chris Paul, I'd be stunned if they won 29 games, unless he gets hurt. That's that's true. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers handle LeBron and AD this year um, with regards to load management. The other thing we're going to talk about before the break is really just kind of talking about what other people talked about. Uh, Woj and Brian Windhorst had a podcast today on Woj's pod, or had a discussion, I should say. Um, they talked about a couple things, a couple interesting things, but again, both of these kind of... The, the one main point kind of applies to both of our teams. They talked a lot about the new tampering rules, um, which LeBron and Kawhi were kind of at the center of this this last season and this last summer. Um, they were talking about a couple different uh, suggestions they had. One of them was to move free agency ahead of the draft. Is that a move that you – well, one, is that a move that you would support? And two, do you think that would do anything to help solve tampering? I th- It's a move I would support. I think free agency before the draft, um, I think it helps teams just because you have a clear idea of, like, what your team looks like. And I get some teams don't draft for need, other teams do. But, like, it could shake up the draft more than we actually think. Like, a team that has the first pick and has a ton of cap space might be able to sign someone because they have that number one pick right away. And, you know, it could alter, it could alter who they pick or if they trade it or anything like that. Um, if it fixes, ta- I don't, I don't think tampering can be fixed. Yeah, I, I just, agree. I just think it's there. Like, how are you gonna police player to player tampering, which is the biggest tampering? Like, like and to be fair, that's exactly what happened with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That was literally what happened. And I don't know how you regulate that. Kawhi Leonard was on the record with Rachel Nichols with Paul George next to him the day of the press conference and flat out told her I tried to get Paul George on the Spurs uh a couple years ago, which and he clarified right before Paul George got traded to Oklahoma City. Like this is something they've obviously talked about and wanted to do. So that's a player-to-player tampering situation, but I don't know how you regulate that. Like, guys want to play with each other. Like, that's that's just how the league is. Yeah, so I think the league, I think both the league wants to regulate that, and there is not a chance in hell they're going to be able to regulate that. Um, I think, I mean, I'd have to look at the wor- at the wording I saw a couple people mention it on Twitter that, like, theoretically they could go through, like, the phones of, like, yeah, of players. Good luck getting LeBron to hand over his phone to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, good luck getting some of these guys to hand over their phone to Adam Silver. Um, they're going to push back on that so hard. It's a, Especially because that's a privacy issue. Oh, 100%. 
Yeah, and these guys, yeah, there's just so many. There really doesn't even need to go explain that. There's just so many issues that would arise from the league looking through their phone. Um, and, yeah, I don't think, I mean, I don't think the league would ever say that of LeBron, or for, to LeBron, because <laughs> they know that's a fight they're going to lose in every way. They're going to lose it in the court of public opinion. They'll probably lose it in the courts. Um, that would never happen, but the idea that they have that power that they could use, I, I just don't see a way that they ever regulate player to player, um, communication. And even, even finding the Milwaukee Bucks this past, a couple days ago or whatever, it was insane! Yeah, for saying that they wanted to offer him a max contract. Like, I understand the wording kind of prohibits that. It's literally your own player though. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't even talk about your own guys in terms of, like, hey, when this guy hits free agency, we're going to do our best to keep him. Like, what? Like, Sorry, you can't say that. Yeah. Um, there was a suggestion. I'm not sure if it was that podcast. Um, it may have been on Windhorse's own podcast that basically the league was going to have to go after somebody big, hard, yeah. to kind of set the tone. You're, you're going to have to scare people. Well... In theory, yes, but the league gave the Lakers its largest tampering fine ever, and after that, LeBron <laughs> recruited AD and Kawhi recruited Paul George, so yeah. I don't think even that is going to scare people off. And, and you know what it is, too? Like, for instance, as it pertains to the Clippers, I don't think it matters to, like, I know every team wants to work on the up and up, but on the off chance you get caught for like, oh, you contacted a free agent a couple days before you were supposed to. I don't think a couple million really matters to guys like Steve Ballmer or uh, Vivek Ranadive or anyone like that. Like, yeah, it sucks to pay that out. Also, you still got the guy. Mm-hmm. So does it really matter? I will tell you, without having any connection with either of these teams, the Lakers would happily pay $500,000 to get AD. And I can't remember what the Clippers were fined for Paul or for Doc Rivers' comments. It was like fifty or five. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was whatever it is. They would happily pay that to get Kawhi Leonard. That's and that's what it's going to be. These teams are going to happily pay these tampering fines if it gives gives him even a small leg up in the race for these guys. It's worth it. It's a hundred percent worth it, it. It it is. And I th- also think the NBA needs to do better at like for instance, Doc Rivers' fine came when he was on an ESPN NBA show, asked explicitly about Kawhi Leonard and who he would compare his game to. I don't know how you don't answer that. Like, you're not allowed to answer that question, apparently. And and that's the thing. is like the NBA needs to regulate it to the point where it's like, okay, you can't go on the ESPN NBA show because we don't want you to talk about other teams' players. Like, just leave it at that. I would would also say that... um, you can either do it that way or you can give them some leeway to where if they go on the show and Rachel Nichols asks them a question, I don't think Rachel Nichols is working on behalf of some player or some team. Right. She's just genuinely asking a question, getting a coach's opinion. And I think there could be some gray area there. I don't think what Doc said was – I mean, I didn't consider it tampering. I didn't consider what Magic did with Giannis tampering either. Like, yeah. I feel like you should be able to give compliments to players. Yeah, exactly. And I can't remember Magic's exact comments, but he was basically saying, 
Like, no, something like, win a t- I hope he wins a title in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, or yeah, exactly. Which, that's not tapering. <laughs> like, um, I, I mean, I guess by the law it is, but this it's all silly to me. I mean, to be honest, I think, I mean, this these new rules 100% are coming from the owners through Adam Silver. Uh-huh. I also think Adam Silver and the league probably secretly like all this player movement and this tampering because this is set up to be the most exciting NBA season ever. Yeah, and you got to remember, it sells. Like, yeah. the fa- like all this chaos sells. And I don't think the NBA should run from it. And I know you and I have talked about this before, uh, you know, outside of the podcast. I kind of wish it was like European soccer where you yeah. could just, just be blatant. Just like, you know what? That guy's awesome. I kind of want him. 100%. I would, yes, I want, it's amazing, well, I mean, I guess in terms of teams, it's not, it's amazing American, like, tabloids aren't more like soccer tabloids. For those that don't know, like, once a week, if not more, there'll just be some outlandish story about some star player going to some other star team. That literally has no basis whatsoever. And then coaches and management and players sometimes are forced to kind of comment on it. And it, it always leads to something. There was a, a player for my favorite team, Manchester City, a, a star German player who was linked to the best German team. And literally the manager... The president and about five or six players all said that they would love him on his team. He was still contracted to a different team. <laughs> that would be like if LeBron came out and said, hey, it'd be really awesome to play with Anthony Davis. And then Luke Walton said, hey, it'd be pretty cool to coach Anthony Davis. And then Magic Johnson said, you know, Anthony Davis would sell a lot of tickets. And then I don't know, Kuzma and... Alex Caruso said, hey, it'd be really cool to to play alongside him. And nobody got fined for it. So, yes, I am wholly here for adopting European soccer strategies. Let's embrace chaos. Let's let's really get things exciting and get things to sell. You don't think that in a 24-hour news cycle there wouldn't be enough stuff to print just on people saying stuff like, I would like to to play with Giannis in X, Y, and Z city, like – Come on. They'd be pre- the NBA would be even more popular than it is now. Like, I mean, the man. ESPN got like an entire week out of LeBron saying he wanted to play. I don't even he listed off a bunch of players, but when he said he wanted to play with like AD and Kyrie and Jimmy Butler and all that, they got an entire week's worth of content out of that. Yeah, like it would man, ratings would go through the roof. Yeah, that would be about the only way the I think the NBA would realistically overtake the NFL in the next couple of years, which, again, I'm here for. Let's do it. Um, so, yeah, that's all, we, that's all the kind of news that we have to talk about. Uh, we will, as you can tell, it's a very interesting time in L.A. sports. So we're going to talk about L.A. sports in, as a whole um, after this break. So, we, it was, this is actually a topic I kind of thought of 
um, on my own this morning trying to come up with something to talk about in this podcast. Um, and really, it was just something that honestly came up while I was listening to a podcast about, about the galaxy, who I mentioned at the beginning of the show. They mentioned how arguably two of the best teams in soccer are in L.A., and I kind of thought, hmm, that's interesting because two of the best teams in the NBA are also in L.A., and that kind of led me down a rabbit hole. And as we, for those of you that listened last week, heard all about my stories in Indiana, I am not from L.A., I haven't been to L.A., so I needed to get an L.A. native in here to talk about this. And discuss whether this is the greatest time ever to be an L.A. sports fan. So, before we look at any other potential times it would have been better, we're going to do a little rundown of kind of the L.A. sports scene as it is. So, obviously with the NBA, the Clippers and Lakers, uh, on, on it, ironically, we, it's probably the least team, two teams we need to talk about. Um, but they have four of probably the top 10 players in the league right now and (laughs) are, I I don't think it's a stretch to say two of the title favorites. Um, They are in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think. I would imagine they're probably two of the top three or four teams in Vegas. I I think they were actually the top two. I think it was like, I think it was like plus 350 for the Clippers plus 400 for the Lakers or something. That wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, so in baseball, you have the Dodgers, who are not only a World Series contender this season, but have went have gone to back-to-back World Series. Um, they're honestly in one of their best runs in many, many years. Um, it's not often... <laughs> I haven't seen my baseball team win a playoff series, and the Dodgers have seen them, their team complete compete in two World Series. Um, Must be nice. Yeah. Which brings me to the Angels. Justin's Uh. team. He's always rooting for the second best team in Los Angeles. Relax. Uh, The the Angels is a team pretty bad. The Angels (laughs) also have the presumptive AL MVP and already one of the ten best players of all time. And Mike Trout, who is smack dab in the middle of his prime. How old is Mike Trout? I think he just turned 28 in August. Which is still very young for baseball. I, I actually freaked out today. I realized how absurdly old I am when I saw someone say this was Mike Trout's ninth season. And I just went, where the hell did the time go? Because <laughs> yeah. I remember when he debuted. I remember when he was drafted, but I remember when he was debuted, too. Like, it was... Man. You're probably, what, 30 when he debuted? I was... I know you're trying to make a joke right now, but... I, I was, was going to say, you took that much more <laughs> no, I, I, than I... I was 25, I think, when he debuted. Yeah, so... Um, they have one of the best teams and um, inarguably the best player in baseball right now. Um... The NHL, I do not follow. Justin, tell me how the the two NHL teams in LA are. <laughs> very bad right now, because for years they were very good. For for many years, the Ducks and the Kings were very good. 
um, the problem for the Ducks and the Kings were uh, ended up transcribing into the fact that they had these very old rosters with very high-paid players who, well, wouldn't you know it, they got older and couldn't play as well anymore. So they ended up, this past season was very awful for both of them. Uh, I want to say the Ducks finished, or the Kings were the worst team in the Western Conference, and the Ducks were like the third worst. Like, and that sounds bad. Uh, the Ducks were like 10 points out of a playoff spot, which isn't a ton, but they were also very bad. And, it's just, man, like, they, they went down the drain in a very fast way, both of those teams did. Because there was a time, I would even say four, three, four, five years ago, that was one of the premier hockey rivalries. Like, it's still a really good hockey rivalry, but the both of those teams at their apex, that was insane hockey. Which we'll talk about, I think, in a little bit, but they met in the playoffs. Um, yes. The... NFL, um, which for many years, as we'll discuss later, didn't even exist in LA. <laughs> um, the Rams obviously went to the Super Bowl last year, um, and are three and zero this season. And again, probably one of the Super Bowl favorites, um, at least out of the NFC Super Bowl representative favorites, I guess. Um, the Chargers, they're one and two, and they've. Lost two basic heartbreakers, I guess. One the Lions on the road, and they just lost this past Sunday to the uh, Texans. Yeah, so... But they do have... Melvin Gordon, I saw, is coming back. Um, yeah. Won't play this week, but he'll be back. He's exciting. They're still not a terrible team. Um... WNBA, the Sparks made the playoffs as the three seed this year. Um, it, the playoffs didn't exactly end great, but we they are in the playoffs. Um, I think people forget that making the playoffs is very hard, and that it should be recognized as a very good thing for teams to do, even if you don't do anything in them. Went twenty-two and twelve as the third seed. Um, lost to Connecticut in three straight, or got swept by Connecticut. Um, if I recall correctly, that final game, um... Derek Fisher didn't play any of the starters in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Which, they lost the game by 22 points. Um, it was just a messy way to end the season. Um, but still, a playoff team. MLS, as we've kind of talked about, LAFC... Uh, was on a record-setting pace for a good chunk of the season, kind of sputtered down the stretch, but still the title favorites and probably have the MVP on their team. Oh, yeah, I think Vela's winning it. Where the Galaxy are arguably the hottest team in soccer right now. They just won tonight uh, as we're taping this. And they have, I would say, the biggest star in MLS in Zlatan, um, who is making one hell of a push for an MVP, or for MVP consideration the second half of this year, or this season. The other kind of low point in LA sports right now, which you kind of have to include them, they're not pro sports, but USC and UCLA are such a, kind of a big part of the LA sports scene that you kind of have to include them. Even though both right now, 
aren't great. <laughs> um, <laughs> One's a little better than the other at this point, but that's not saying much. Yeah, which UCLA just put up like 5 trillion points last week in one of the weirdest, wildest games ever. That might honestly be the greatest comeback I've ever watched, like in real time. Like, at least for football, because in basketball, the Clippers... 31-point comeback against the Warriors in the playoffs is, like, the most insane thing I've ever seen. But, like, for football, that might be the most incredible comeback I've ever watched. Like, the only other one that comes close to me is uh Bills-Oilers in the playoffs in, like, 92 or 93. So, I don't know. You're about 30, then? We're not doing this again. Um, USC, I think they won last week. They're li- they are a little bit better than UCLA right now. Yeah, they're um, ranked. But... Well, okay, I didn't even know they were ranked. They didn't start out great, and they weren't great last season. <laughs> um, but, I mean, neither are lighting the world on fire, but both are interesting in different ways. Um, but really, when you kind of look at it as a whole, they have the two favorites for the NBA uh, title, one of the favorites in MLB, one of the favorites in NFL. They had a playoff team and a three seed in the WNBA. Uh, probably the top, two of the top four favorites in the MLS. It's a pretty damn good time to be an LA sports fan right now. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like, on any given day, you can just go and watch a really good team. Yeah. So, we kind of started brainstorming about potentially what years would even rival this. We looked at calendar years, so I guess technically neither the Lakers or Clippers are going to be winning a title this calendar year, but regardless, we kind of looked at it as a whole. First year we came up with, uh, you said this first was 2014. Yeah. What did, what did 2014 have going for it in terms of LA sports? Okay, so in 2014 the Dodgers won 94 games and their division. The Angels won 98 games, which was the most in the American League and their division. Uh, however, both teams lost in their first playoff series. The Angels lost in the ALDS to the eventual champion, or I'm sorry, to the eventual runners-up, Kansas City. And the Dodgers lost uh, in the NLDS to St. Louis. Uh, in the NBA, the Clippers won 57 games and a division title, but the Lakers only won 27. The Clippers lost in the second round to OKC in a series uh, that they could have actually won. And if they had won that series, they m- might have beaten San Antonio, or at least given San Antonio a run for their money, and who knows. Uh, in 2014 also, uh, the LA Galaxy won their most recent MLS Cup. So that was their fifth MLS Cup. They won that in 2014. And in 2014, the uh, LA Kings won the title in the NHL uh, against the Rangers. But in the second round... The Ducks and the Kings met. The Ducks had the best record in the Western Conference that year, and that is also the only year in the history of the Ducks and the Kings that they've ever met in the postseason, which is kind of incredible because the NHL altered their postseason structure to where uh, three teams from every division get in now, and there's like a, two wildcard teams after that, and they bracketed it to where you have to play people in your division through the first two rounds, basically. So... They only, they've only played once, which was 2014. Uh, the Kings won that series in seven games. They came back from down 3-2. It was actually a crazy series because 
the Kings went up 2-0, the Kings went down 3-2, the Kings won 4-3. So it was, it was, it was a wild time, uh, in LA for sports. The Sparks made the playoffs, but they got ousted, uh, early on. And the Chargers and Rams were not here yet. So that's the only thing with the NFL is that it wasn't here yet. So that was the initial year we thought would rival it. Before we went on, we did a little bit of last minute research. And the one thing I wanted to look at was if there was ever a year where the Dodgers and Lakers, who, as an outsider looking in, seemed to kind of run the uh, L.A. sports scene, um, see if they had ever won a title in the same year. It's happened once in 1988. And as we started looking, we figured out that this was the runaway winner, to be honest. Um so, as I said, the Lakers beat the Pistons in 1988, uh, beat them in seven games. That was where the big game James moniker came from for his triple-double in game seven. Um, so a very exciting NBA Finals. Um, that was kind of the, um, more or less the end of the Showtime era. It didn't officially end for a couple of years, but that was their last title in the Showtime era. Um, at the time, everybody was still kind of running strong, but that was kind of the tail end of the Showtime era. The Dodgers beat the A's in the World Series um, 4-1. to That was the Dodgers' last uh, World Series. The... That was also, I believe, the Kirk Gibson World Series. Yes. Yeah, game uh, one against uh, Dennis Eckersley. Yeah, I was trying. That's what I was trying to look up. Uh, the Kings. That was in, on August 9th of that year was when they traded for Wayne Gretzky. Um, I can't imagine there being a time in which, other than when they probably won the title or won their titles. There was as much buzz around the Kings as there was when they traded for Wayne Gretzky. Um, I don't think people understand. Like I was, I was three years old when that happened, so obviously I'm not. I don't vividly remember them trading for Wayne Gretzky, but I think the ESPN's first thirty for thirty ever was about that trade, and you see the way that that like not just impacted hockey. But sports in general and an entire area, like, cause the Kings hockey wasn't really taken seriously up until that point. Then they traded for Wayne Gretzky and it was like, it just became a madhouse. Like, it made hockey fans in LA. Mm-hmm. Which, um, yeah, as you said, basically they hadn't existed. I think that 30 for 30 might just be called the trade. I think um, it is, yeah. The, for, Oh, the Rams were a playoff team, went 10 and 6. Um, the Clippers, shockingly, were not good, but they uh. did, they did, they had the number one pick and took Danny Manning, who had just led Kansas to a national title. So. That was the pick that was going to change the franchise. Yeah, I was going to say, that was definitely not, or that was definitely a big deal. Um, but in typical Clippers fashion, I believe he 
tore his ACL in his first year? I, I don't remember. Everything is a blur to me <laughs> because up until up until really uh, 04, 05, uh, that one year that they almost made the Western Conference Finals the first time, uh, it had just been, oh, God, it had been awful. It's still awful at times, but we don't talk about that. Played 26 games before tearing his ACL. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. That, was last, that was the last Clipper number one overall pick to ever tear their ACL. Let me tell you, no, it was not because Blake Griffin did it a year, a couple, a couple of years later. Also, the only number one pick to ever flame out. Um, Absolutely, none have ever done it since. Definitely not like a Candyman or anything. <laughs> Never heard of Michael Oliver Candy. Why would you bring him up? The then when you look at the college scene. Uh, USC was really, really good that year. They went into the final week of the regular season, the number two team facing Notre Dame, the number one team. They lost because college football's weird. They became the five seed and went to the Rose Bowl and lost. They finished the year ranked number nine in the coaches poll, number seven in the AP poll. They went ten and two. They won the Pac-10, well, Pac-10 at the time. And then UCLA was also really, really good. Finished nine and or ten and two. Finished number six overall. Um, they lost to USC. They lost to Washington State, but they won the Cotton Bowl. Um, so both those teams were really good. To me, <laughs> I don't know that even this year could top that year. That was the two biggest teams winning a title. The best player in NHL history coming to LA. And the two football teams both being top ten teams. It's pretty yeah. crazy. I mean, it, I'm trying to look. The Dodgers would have to win the World Series. I mean, if we're talking calendar years, the Rams um, aren't going to win a title this year. I mean, I guess maybe if you can count this as the start of the year. Um as much fun as LAFC and the Galaxy are, neither are really going to move the needle if they win a title. Um, the only way this happens is, is I guess if you consider if the Rams and like Lakers or Clippers win the title, and you kind of consider this the start of it. I don't really see a way that it beats 1988. Um, it's interesting. So, like, what would be the way it beats 1988? Like a team. So basically, the Dodgers would have to win the World Series. The Clippers or the Lakers would have to win the t- the NBA title. The Rams would have to win the Super Bowl because that's the three of the four major sports. And both of the hockey teams are not going to be good. But the Galaxy or LAFC could win the MLS Cup. Is there a realistic path where the – I mean, this is getting out there, but where USC makes the playoff – like if they went out, if they yeah. went out, they could. But I don't think they would. <laughs> They're not going to. They're win They're not out, winning but, out. Yeah, but I mean, this I like to be... live in fantasy world where this makes great. It makes me so happy to think about. But yeah, I mean, and again, a lot of those titles by our standards would count towards '89. The Rams. When yeah, the Super Bowl's in February. The Rams and the Lakers or Clippers title would be '89. So I really don't see. If we're talking just achievements, yeah. this year beating it, 89, or, excuse me, 2019, I don't know why I was saying 89, or 2020, I mean. Um, 
Basically, if it happened in 2020, yeah, it would actually be the Rams winning the title, the Lakers winning the title, and then you kind of have the framework for what would be a really big sports year. Yeah, because the Dodgers would have to win the title next year. Yes. Yeah. Which, as you know, making four straight World Series, very easy to do. Yeah, I mean, making four straight title games in general has never went bad. Just ask the Buffalo Bills. Um. Oh, God. Having said all that, kind of sitting 1988 aside, I mean, this is still kind of as we, as we started this topic, this is still a tremendous time to be an LA sports fan, no? Yeah, you know what's weird is even with the Gretzky trade to LA, I feel like, and a lot of this has to do with A, prisoner of the moment, and B, uh, things are more accessible now than they were back then. This might be the most anticipated sports year in LA history. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the best because as we've detailed, 88 is utterly insane, but I think this carries the most hype of any year. Mm-hmm. And like, as far as the Clippers and Lakers go, all four of those games going to be just insanely, like there's going to be a pageantry to those games. And just a show. And I'm not sure how much that's going to... Like, they would have to win title, like a title this year, either one of them. But I don't know if they can ever match what 88 did in terms of results. But the process of this year has been above and beyond that one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I I wasn't around in 88 and you were three. So we don't really have first-hand experience. But, yeah, in terms of kind of the build-up, as we kind of started this podcast, the Lakers and Clippers really haven't been good at the same time. Not as good as they're going to be. They were yeah. both playoff teams in 04-05. They almost met in the playoffs. Um, could, could you imagine, by the way? Like, not not in like a, like, oh, who would win, but, like, I don't think people understand. The fact that we might be able to see that is actually incredible. Like, for an entire series, which could go two weeks in the NBA because, hey, let's have, like, four off days between games and the playoffs. Like, for that long, though, those teams don't have to travel. They just get to relax. That might be some of the best basketball we'll ever see. Oh, yeah. That'd be such a massive advantage for whoever. That game could go seven ge- or that series could go seven games, and they'd still have a massive advantage uh, heading yeah. into the next round. Um, and from an excitement standpoint... It would be stressful as hell in the middle of it, but for neutrals, that would be... I mean, the storylines would be incredible. Um, so, And then, yeah, the Dodgers, like I said, not just the fact that they're... Um, they've went to back-to-back World Series, but they're kind of in a stretch of some of their... Probably the best the, best the franchise has been since they won a World Series. Yeah. Um, that's not even a question, yeah. Yeah, and then the Rams have a ton of hype around them. They just went to the Super Bowl, and they're one of the favorites again. And then, yeah, soccer and is LA's kind of the king of soccer right now. Um, and again, I know I know soccer's not like this major sport here, but it's growing here. Yeah, and it I don't. I don't think that, or I, I think that in like five to ten years, I think it's going to be so much bigger that we look back at 
if LAFC or if the Galaxy win a title this year, it's going to be a bigger deal then than it is now. And for those that don't watch soccer, I would, the playoffs are coming up. The Western Conference in soccer this year is absurd. Uh, the Galaxy three weeks ago were out of the playoffs and tonight clinched a playoff spot. If that gives you an idea of how compact the Western Conference is. But I'm sure many of you have probably heard of the madness of the LASC LA Galaxy games. Right now the two are kind of on a collision course to meet in the conference finals. And those games have been absurd games. Just incredibly yeah. exciting games, even for neutrals. So I would encourage anybody who doesn't watch soccer, tune in to LAFC, who just, as we're recording this, clinched the Supporter Shield, which is the best record in the regular season. Um, tune in to LAFC, tune into the Galaxy, there's only a couple games before the playoffs, and then the playoffs are one and done. So anything can happen there. So I would strongly encourage you because LAFC and the Galaxy both are incredibly fun to watch right now. And if they play one another, it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. There might be a riot at the stadium. Yeah, it's gonna be insane if they play one another. So this is a fun discussion. Uh Justin, thank you for coming on and um, saving me from talking to myself for 45 minutes. You're welcome. Uh, um, uh, if you guys aren't already, you can follow Justin at FlybyNight, K-N-I-T-E. Uh, he will probably be trolling Lakers fans, um, which on one hand, we kind of deserved it for not getting Kawhi. Um, but on the other hand, he's a Clippers fan, so... Uh, <laughs> Listen, that's whatever, that's whatever you can say to me that's very mean, believe me, it's not as worse as the things I've witnessed on a basketball court. Yeah, so be sure to give him a follow as, to, kind of, to uh, follow along with the Clippers this season. If you guys aren't already, be sure to subscribe to us anywhere you find a find the podcast. Um, <clears throat> we're on Megaphone. We're on iTunes. Spotify, Stitcher. If we're not somewhere, be sure to let us know. Leave us a rating and review. And again, go wish Christian a happy birthday on a, on Twitter. A belated happy birthday. Uh, he'll be back next week and we will have actual Lakers basketball playing to talk about. So we made it. We finally got through it. Uh, give yourself a pat on the back and we will be back next week to talk about basketball. So, for Justin, this is Jacob signing off. Have a good one, everybody.